Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Heard at Sports presents the Damon Benning Show with Ravi Lula. We have we have an offensive identity. We we're going to run the ball. <laughs> you know, don't don't. I would not just confuse. In all seriousness, I would not confuse identity like knowing what you want to do and who you are with always having success. Like, you know, we lined up and and we tried to run the ball against those guys. If that game stays like seven nothing, or if we go down on that fourth and two and we score and make it fourteen seven, we're going to continue just trying to like hey. They were running the ball. They were trying. They were very consistent with their clips. We would have stayed with that. Once you get down twenty-eight, nothing. You know, you're, we're going to play to win. You know, we, we came out, but um, we you know, we know exactly who we are. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run a little bit of option. We're going to play action pass here and there. We're going to try to convert third downs. Welcome back. Kicking off hour number two on the Damon Benning Show with Ravi Lula, Avery Howard in for Damon. You can listen to us on AM five ninety ESPN Omaha. You can listen to us on ESPN Tri-Cities in central Nebraska. And that ESPN Tri-Cities, you can hear that all the way through North Platte, which is where our friends at Pratt Dental are. And, you know, Dr. Pratt has an identity. It's the only dentist in Nebraska who's certified in the BioClear method. Uh, That can help correct many aesthetic dilemmas in a permanent and less invasive manner than traditional treatments. Uh, Dr. Pratt can be reached at 308-221-2800. That's Pratt Dental. They are creating healthy smiles. Um, Let's get to the YouTube comments real quick here, Avery. We've got uh, Thomas mentioned that he thinks Harburg is a little bit more conducive to, um, you know, we hear this term body blows all the time from Mm -hmm. Coach Rule, right? And because of his physical running style, he thinks that, that may be a better fit in terms of the quarterback spot, uh, especially if Sims continues to turn the ball over, which is kind of the worst thing you can do in a slow burn offense like that. And, and I think it's a fair point. Um, I don't know if the this is hard to <laughs> this is hard to say because Sims does have a history of turning the the ball over both at Georgia Tech and at Nebraska, um, but I don't think the snap turnovers are going to continue to be a problem mm-hmm. the interceptions i have no idea because mm-hmm. that's kind of a some, something that you know he may struggle with or has struggled with throughout his career but just dropping snaps i don't anticipate that being a long-term issue and if it is he just doesn't play right like yeah. that's not something you can deal with but if you're putting him in there to run and to do some of those things and not necessarily have him out there trying to read a defense and drop back 25 times a game I don't worry about the turnovers with Sims nearly as much if it's kind of a specialized package of plays for him. Yeah, I know we were discussing this a little bit. It's so tough because it was, what, the first two weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Colorado's the second week that we saw him play. And now that feels so long ago yeah. to me. It's almost it really a month does. ago yeah. that, one, I want, I wish we could see him play his first game – like. We don't know this yet, but if he were to get snaps this weekend mm-hmm. consistently, it'd be on the road again. I'm just curious. I, I wish we could see his first, maybe more consistent snaps at home again, mm, like yeah. for a first, you know, experience to kind of maybe regain confidence and also just see if that, not that I'm saying that should define anything, but it would just, you know, Heinrich got 
how many starts at home. Yeah, three. Again, right. Yeah. And um, I definitely not necessarily at the full caliber that Sims had to play against his two opening Yeah, games. I mean, obviously Michigan's the best team either right. of them have faced, right. but Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois right. obviously a step down from Minnesota. And, and I think Colorado. it gave time for Heinrich to kind of step into yeah. the offense a little bit. So my whole point of saying all that is there's a lot of other factors, I think, that go into it too that – um, maybe I don't say make it excusable, but I just am curious to see how he feels coming off the injury one, but two, just also like when there was so much talk earlier and then you don't get to go back out the next week and prove yourself. Mm-hmm. You've had to wait and you've also had to watch your counterpart, you know, put together a few pretty good, I would say impressive, at least two performances for the most part when maybe everyone kind of had question marks above his head, mm-hmm. right? Like what's he going to actually show us or is he just going to get us through it? I would say yeah. those two games he did more than just got Nebraska through it. Um, so I'm just curious to see what translates when we do get to see him again. Will it, you know, will the turnover thing be completely different? Mm-hmm. Will the passing percentage in general just go down? Will, you know, the snap thing be completely different? Were those just early mistakes? Are those Jeff Sims things? Right. And so I think there's still a lot of question marks, but I do think there, there's, there's, I'm just curious when we see them intertwine collectively for the first time right. and how that goes. Cause before when, he was playing that wasn't necessarily the case will it help him will it hurt him yeah and I do you make a couple interesting points there I do think the offense has largely changed in sort of dynamics since Jeff Sims went out Um, and I think you know maybe it switches back a little bit if Jeff Sims is kind of back full-time as the starter but I don't know that they're ever going to go back to probably what I would have imagined they were probably going to be closer to a 60-40 offensive split in terms of running and passing. Yeah. I don't think they're ever going to get back there. It was about 50-50, a little heavier toward passing on Saturday, but that's, you know, they're down instantly. You kind of end up in a hole and yeah. you can't really do what you want to do there. Um, I do think, you know, you mentioned the Harburg part of this too is it's pretty easy to forget that just a few weeks ago, we didn't know if he could play quarterback at this level at all. Right. Right. And yes, there's criticisms of him. There's criticisms of him. There's questions about, okay, how well can he throw the ball? How well can he do X, Y, and Z? But he has been at the very least a serviceable quarterback. Yeah. And that's way better than most of us were expecting Mm -hmm. because again, last year he was, the idea of him playing was laughed at like actually laughed at by coaches. We know now that he was talking to the coaches about a position change. And then they specifically brought in a guy in Jeff Sims because they didn't think they had a starter in the room. Mm -hmm. Right. And then Harburg comes in with all of us knowing all of those things and is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Not great. You know, I don't know if I would put him under one of those game record categories that Coach Rule put out there, but I mean, as a runner, he can be. I mean, as yeah. a runner, he can change the course of a game. We saw it oh, against yeah. Northern Illinois and against Louisiana Tech, mm-hmm. right? So, can he be that against really high-level opponents like Michigan? Probably not. But I also don't know that anybody else. I was gonna say, I don't offense. know who else. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know that Jeff Sims is looking better against Michigan than Heinrich mm-hmm. Harburg did. Mm-hmm. I also don't know, like. I feel like the offensive line was a big part of that. I don't know that they got the push they wanted to in the run game at all. And they fell behind so quickly that they couldn't really establish Mm -hmm. and afford. And maybe they could have been more patient than they were. Yeah. 
but they didn't feel like they could be patient. Yeah. I think also something we were discussing before about the the clip we heard opening this segment about, you know, someone asked, you know, have you, have you guys figured out what the identity is going to be? Mm-hmm. And Roll was very quick to say, no, we have an identity. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it led us to have a conversation being of such that is identity what what we see like rule said being successful mm-hmm. but also i think as fans watching you know identity being like okay that looks like nebraska we expected to see this we're sure where it feels like right now it still doesn't feel that way but on the nebraska side of things they know what their plan is mm-hmm. they know what they want to achieve they know what they think is going to make them successful i just don't know if the execution has been there so sure. it makes the viewer point of view have question marks is that really an identity or is that trying and fails and miss like just experimenting mm-hmm. where i think nebraska's at least from coach rules perspective is no we know what we want to be that is our identity mm-hmm. we just haven't gotten to that level yet yeah no i mean that makes sense to me because if you're taking steps along the process and you're trying to you know, I don't think anybody would say they've perfected their identity. No. For sure. I think they have an idea of what they want to do. I mm-hmm. think they're taking steps towards that. But, and frankly, from a s- scheme standpoint, that identity might, and I expect will, shift from this year to next year and, and moving forward. But in terms of what they believe they can be, I do think they're taking steps along that road. It's just a matter of, they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And so if you take any snapshot, people do this all the time with screenshots of games where they are trying to make their point about, look how wide open this guy was, or you know, you can get a certain angle where it looks like a guy is just running free, and it's like, well, okay, there was a defender here and a defender here, and you just took this screenshot so it looks the way you want it to. And if you take a screenshot of the process that Coach Rule and the staff are going to, it can look a certain way because they're not there yet, mm-hmm. right? It can look like failure. It could look like chaos because they haven't reached the point where it's a finished product yet. Mm-hmm. And Matt Rule would probably say, oh, it's never a finished product. You're always, you know, always one of those perfectionist things, right? Where you're, oh, you're yeah. always working towards it. You can always get better. And he's right. But they aren't at the point yet where you feel like you can say definitively, oh, this is what we feel comfortable knowing they can do in a game-in, game-out basis. Yeah. I also think it's really unfair to measure that against Michigan. I agree. Like, they – I think you look at your, their identity against Minnesota, less so against Colorado, but against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech, and say, okay, I can see what they're trying to do mm-hmm. here. You measure it against Michigan, it's like, yeah, a lot of people's identities don't look good against Michigan. They're better than you are. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of the, yeah. like, are you going to measure Iowa's identity against Penn State? I mean, maybe. Iowa's shown that a lot. But they're not putting up 76 yards of total offense every right. week, right? Right. That's not, or maybe a better question is, are you going to measure Penn State's defensive identity mm-hmm. for what they did against Iowa? Probably not. Mm-hmm. They're not holding every, <laughs> thank you, Bo. Uh, they're not putting every team under 100 yards of total offense. A lot of that's opponent dependent right yeah. so it's also on the other side not the most genuine comparison yeah to do a game five matt rule team versus a year nine jim harbaugh team right and say oh th- this is an apples to apples comparison because yeah. it's really not. i also kind of think that's when the, the consistency question or conversation yeah. kind of comes back into play because and I, this is something that you know with the new coaching staff players are learning this too they their identity has changed again so they're having to get used to that but also 
just because the game isn't going in your favor or that direction doesn't mean you now change everything that you do. And I'm not saying that Coach Rule does that because, you know, he preaches it. Like, just because mm-hmm. we lost doesn't mean we change anything now. Yeah. So I know they're not changing things in the middle of the game. I'm just talking about in terms of performance level. You know, sure. just because we've gone down 14-0, just because they've gone down, whatever, as Coach Rule was saying yesterday, doesn't mean that now our identity is out the window. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you have to actually perfect those things. Yeah, right? that's when your identity matters the most. Yes. Right? When, uh, when the pressure is applied – who are you? Mm-hmm. Because it's really easy to be who you want to be when things are going well, mm-hmm. right? That's the easiest time in the world to have your identity, right? It's who are you when, and Coach Rule kind of talked about this yesterday. He's like, okay, who are we when we're down 14? Who are we when, you know, when pressure is applied, that's when it becomes important to have an identity. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, and I asked you this off air, I wonder if in Matt Rule's head, how much of identity is actually schematic and how much of it is cultural or philosophical, right? Yeah. Because to me, we always talk about identity in terms of, okay, what's your offensive identity? More than anything, even more than defense, right? We don't really talk about defensive identity that often. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we talk about it with certain teams that turn you over a lot or get a ton of pressure on the quarterback or whatever. But for the most part, we're talking about offensive identity. Yeah. And A, that's leaving out, a whole lot of football if you're only focusing on offensive identity, right? But it's also leaving out everything that happens outside the sidelines, right? In terms of on the practice field, in terms of the mentality, in terms of the coaching, all of that kind of stuff. And so I wonder just the way Matt Rule talks, I wonder how much of what he cares about for his team's identity has very little to do with schematic. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. And I think for the most part, like, I feel like I've said this a lot since hearing him speak a lot since the spring, Mm -hmm. especially is, and this is, this is a broken record at this point, but the consistent messaging Mm -hmm. that sits, that sinks in at some point. right? Right. And so at some point I think you go from hearing things and repeating them because you're used to hearing it so much to finally believing it Mm -hmm. one. And so I think, the identity of this team that they can hang their hat on usually could be, you know, X, Y, and Z, no matter who comes in this locker room, no matter if the year changes, we will do this, this, and this. And I think those are the cultural things. I think the identity stuff on the field is what I think you're right. I think there's a, I think there maybe is a little bit of a disconnect from how rule views it versus how like media and viewers view it. Because Mm -hmm. I think viewers and fans want identity as, okay, when Nebraska has the ball, they will look like this and on third down we know that they will execute like this where on defense we know this is exactly what they're going to do we can we can rely on this and I think also you have to consider how how much the media and has and fans have been asking those questions for years and years and years Mm -hmm. where for coach rule he's already said this in week two but he's like but this is my second game yeah and as much as that sucks for you guys like right yeah i we it's still a part of a process that we have to go to through to establish those things so i know it's tiring for everyone to see it again and be like okay what is it again what is the offense like we're not seeing any Mm -hmm. and i think it is it's flow it's like okay so this happened on the last drive we're not seeing any of this on this drive that kind of stuff where he has like yeah, I get the frustration, but like we have to follow what works. Like we can't change things up on the guys just because things aren't working. And that's what they've already been. Th- these guys yeah. have been through that so much. Well, and that's kind of the conv- like having the conviction and like, hey, what we do works. Yeah. Right. And sticking with it and saying, hey, 
we don't have to change. We know this works. It's going to be frustrating and painful in the process, but this game sucked. <laughs> give it time and it will work, mm -hmm. right? And that's part of that is just having the conviction in what you're doing. Um, I mean, and, and you kind of brought up an interesting point about how, like, the flow of the offense, mm -hmm. right? I could make an argument that last year's offense didn't have an identity either. It's just every once in a while, Trey Palmer would go for 70, and everybody was like, this is great. Yeah. You know, but could they consistently put together drives? Not really. No. It was either a YOLO ball to Palmer or it was nothing at all, mm -hmm. right? That was the offense. Yeah. It was if Palmer can't beat totally. you deep, they're not scoring. Right, and I think that's the thing is an identity that – I think the why those questions are asked is on a first down, on a second down, on a third down, even a fourth down. It feels like people still don't know what to expect. Like, yeah. are we are 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 is everyone watching going to see an explosive play here? Probably not. We don't do that often, right? Or right. are they going to break off a great run? Sometimes, oh shoot, a loss of one yard. Yeah, right. So it's it's and I know that's just the game of football, but I think it's hard when you watch other teams have such such success and have such a flow have a rhythm and you watch their game you're like that is what they do mm -hmm. I think that's maybe where the frustration comes in and um I think that's probably why that question and, and but I do think to your point Matt Rule's point there is we know what we want to do mm -hmm. we not maybe just haven't performed to, yeah, just so for you guys to be able to see at this point yeah. right I and so this is, and this is probably going to make some people angry because it sounds like I'm accusing people of not watching enough football, and that's not really what I'm saying. But I think sometimes people get a skewed view of what is most common in college football because they watch just Nebraska and then the national games, right? Like if you're only watching Nebraska and then you're watching Alabama and Georgia and Michigan and Ohio State, which to be fair – that's a lot of college football to watch. I'm not hating on people that only watch those things, right? Because that's a lot of college football. But if you're just watching the national games and the best games of the week, which those are the ones you should be watching, by the way. You have to be a real sicko to watch other stuff, but that's kind of what the job is. Like, if you're watching Big Ten West football on a consistent basis outside of Nebraska, Nebraska's plight is not uncommon. Mm -hmm. Like, there are a lot of teams. Like, I feel like I hear a lot of people saying, oh, this only happens to Nebraska. Nebraska does this, and Nebraska shoots themselves in the foot. All mediocre teams shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. All mediocre teams. And that's what Nebraska is right now. Like, I'm not trying to be a hater. Just yeah. they're a, a mid-level, at best, team right now. But all teams in that range play some really ugly football at times. Yeah, That's how you end up in that range. Most... Teams are not consistent play in, play out, whether to the good or the bad, mm -hmm. right? And so when you only watch Nebraska and then you only watch the super high end of the sport outside of Nebraska, mm -hmm. it can really skew what to expect from a normal football team. I think you can throw Notre Dame in there too. Sure, yeah. yeah. Just out. because they're on every single week. And then maybe maybe a, uh, a Pac-12 team of some sort. Sure, like you watch, you watch USC, for instance, yeah. Yeah. and you're like, oh, that's what offense is supposed to be. It's yeah. like, yeah, exactly. that guy's the number one pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you. And Lincoln Riley's the best offensive mind in college we've seen yeah. in a generation. Like, generational talent, by the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Lincoln Riley, that's it. Um, <laughs> but, no, it's, it's, it really, really can skew the way you think about Nebraska because you're watching it through the lens of national title contenders. Mm -hmm. You're watching it through the lens of especially Michigan, right, because it looks like how we want it to look. Michigan has the blueprint that mm -hmm. if Nebraska looked like Michigan, everyone in the state would be so happy. And I don't just mean 
two straight college football playoff appearances. I mean, like if they played like Michigan, yeah. right? People in the state would be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> and it is, so it's really difficult to kind of remove yourself from that filter and force yourself to watch crappy football games to be like, oh, this is a more realistic kind of example of the teams that Nebraska is competing against. Mm-hmm. It's the Big Ten West is really bad. Like, I, I think they might be the worst division in Power 5 football. You think so? I really think so, because okay. neither of the Pac-12 divisions are worse. Yeah, yeah Pac-12 is having a, yeah, the Pac-12 a show. That's, they're like, awesome, all right. right? Well, you got, thanks for canceling us. You got Oregon and Washington in the north. You it's got, been so lopsided in the Big Ten on both sides for, I mean, what, yeah. a decade. Right, yeah. yeah that, at least. Yeah. Basically, since they went to the east-west mm-hmm. model. Um, but you go to the SEC. I think both divisions of the SEC are better than the Big Ten West. Yeah. The Big 12 is only has the one division, I think, still. I don't know. I get confused because they seem like they switch every year. Um, the ACC has quality teams in both divisions. Yeah. There's nobody in the Big 10 West that can even think about winning a Big 10 championship. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, no one in the West is beating Penn State, Michigan, or Ohio State. No. There's just not, right? Yeah. And so you have to think about it. And I get the West is going away next year, so you can't only compare yourself yeah. to the West. But – those are the teams you have to get by before you can have the conversation of being in the Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State conversation, right? Yeah. You have to climb past the slog of Big Ten West teams, and Nebraska's not that far away from that. Yeah. Like Minnesota's, I get they lost to Northwestern, and that was a terrible look, right? But they were also beating the hell out of Northwestern before they allowed them to come back. Like, to give up a 21-point lead, you have to get a 21-point lead? And I think people are forgetting that part of the equation the minnesota northwestern game like minnesota's about as good as it gets in the big 10 west this year from what we've seen i mean wisconsin might be a little better but yeah do you feel like we have this connotation with like the big 10 west and like maybe it's just because growing up in the midwest or even nebraska it's like this um like <laughs> I don't even know, like these corn eating big boy farm. Yeah, people. like, like the cornbread. Yeah, like, and it ha- like this, like, farmer you know, boy. Yeah, like yeah. these, whatever. And I feel like it, for some reason, that just sticks in my head when I think of like Big Ten West. Maybe it's just because Nebraska, well, it's Iowa, know, Iowa, Wisconsin, Wisconsin yeah. Minnesota, that I think yeah. of this, this just like hard nose, like pound, like aggressive. And it's not always that, but it's not showy football. Yeah. And so I think that's also a difference, too. Like, you go and watch an SEC, you go watch Notre Dame, like, you're going to have these explosive plays like it's their job. Mm -hmm. And then you want that in Nebraska. And like I said, that's not really an identity thing, but I feel like maybe just growing up in the Midwest and just in that Mm -hmm. side of the conference, it just feels like this, you know, hard workers, (laughs) big boy, like, football kind of mind. But I think for some reason that's what I associate with that side of the conference and yeah. it's, it's not the showy flashy pro style running more running the ball more more of a you know the bigger linemen yeah, yeah it's your thing. classic like three yards in a cloud of dust big 10 football yeah. right and you know what's funny is you kind of have like the best like michigan has that for sure yeah i would argue especially before sam hartman came along at notre dame that's kind of how they played mm-hmm. um i would argue that georgia plays that way yeah but they're so skilled on the outside. I was going to say, it's not like I don't think other people don't. It's right. just, 
I don't think, like, at least from what we've seen on the Big Ten West and Nebraska mm-hmm. specifically, they don't have this one outlet or two outlets every time. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we still have got a dra- Travis Kelsey down there. Yeah. Like, or, Travis will get it or, or whatever. got Trey Palmer down there. Totally. Like, like it, we can at least have an outlet here and there. Right. We still have a great fancy play <laughs> back in the backpack. It, yeah. Yeah, Nebraska. And frankly, hardly anyone in the Big Ten West has that this year. Right. And that's why I say, like, okay, compare to Minnesota, not to Michigan. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Um Coming up next, we will get to some Major League Baseball with Steve Gardner of USA Today here on Betting and Lula on Herd at Sports Radio.